Yes, he does. Deep in the pocket. Touchdown. Touchdown, Chicago. You're listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast. Unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros, the incomparable Hogan Johns. Day one is in the books. And now the NFL draft can really start. In Chicago. At least for the Chicago In Lake Forest, Illinois. Yes. A lot of good players still available. A lot of good players. And that's what tends to happen early in the second round. There's always a couple of those guys. You're like, wait a minute. I thought for sure he was going to be gone by like number 20. And he's still there. We'll talk about that. Welcome in Hogan Johns with you. Little Friday morning quick episode for you to recap what happened last night. Get you ready for tonight uh this will not be a long episode because quite frankly the shelf life on this thing is very short considering the draft will resume in about nine hours so uh but we did want to get you something this morning just to set you up for the night and uh then we'll have more throughout the weekend once we see who the bears actually pick but welcome in john z did you enjoy the draft last night at Hal's hall i had jimmy johns for the first time i kid you not in about a year that's okay. what the Bears provided the media. Tonight is Lou Malnati's. Looking more forward to that. Yeah. But Jimmy Johns is okay. It was okay. very boring. I didn't expect him to trade up. You were just there just in case. Just in yeah. case. Like Ryan Pace is right in that draft. Then you really got to be there when it begins. But Ryan Poles is now in charge. Yeah, we had Portillo's at our CHGO live show that went on last night and uh, we'll have another one tonight so you can catch that uh, through all throughout the second and third round if you want to Olin Cruz will be part of that episode John Z has all his coverage up on the athletic with Kevin Fishbane Kevin was catching some heat and some text messages last night because he wasn't at house hall he was not I I think you guys handled that appropriately though I don't think you both needed to be there you only needed one person there I'm just, just surprised you were the one who was there <laughs> That was the only thing that surprised I me. I did think about going back to Arizona or somewhere warmer. Yeah. <laughs> considering spring or, no longer exists in Chicago. Right. Or how about Vegas, where the actual draft is? That would have been good. Our producer, Kent, is there. He's finding guys with Hogan John shirts at casinos. Shout out to our guy, Andrew, at the Cosmetop- Cosmetopolitan. I can say that. Got it. Yeah, I think so. Cosmetopolitan. It was a long night. You know what I did when I came home? I actually started watching more film instead of going to bed. I think you have a problem because all that yeah. film work should be done by now, Adam. <laughs> okay, but I did not think N'Kobe Dean was still going to be available at this point. So I'm like, wait a minute, what's wrong with him? And I go back and I'm watching all this tape and I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with him. He looks like he'd be really good next to Roquan Smith. So then that makes you wonder, well, what's wrong with him off the field? Yeah. And then you're like, well, he's a 4.0 student. Okay, well, what's wrong with him? I can't figure this out. Someone freaking tell me what's wrong with the Kobe Dean and why he's still available. Do you think he'll be available at 39? Probably not. Uh, probably not. But, you know, I don't... Maybe he fell this far. Did anything from the Bears' perspective... Okay, that's potentially one surprise. Anything else stand out to you in terms of what happened in the first round? Because I, th- I think we both expected... The receivers who went in the first round to go in the first round. Yeah. That the Bears would have George Pickens and Sky Moore and Christian Watson 
all available to consider, potentially to consider on day two. I wasn't surprised, at least by the receiver movement. No, the only thing that was surprising about the receiver movement was like how it actually played out with that run as early as it was, and then the fact that AJ Brown and Hollywood yes, Brown also got that. traded. So like the trades and the craziness, and there was four out of five picks at one point were wide receivers. That was crazy and a little bit surprising, but when it was all said and done, the receivers we thought that were going to be gone at this point were gone, and the receivers that are still there are still there. So there's really nothing surprising in terms of the Bears setting up for tonight. I, I did have this thought when the Browns are traded, A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown, when they're, when they're traded, that, well, maybe this receiver class isn't as deep or is, isn't as good as people think it is. Because if, if it was, do you have to part with what you parted with to, to get A.J. Brown? Do you hear my argument here? Like, if it's if he could find a potential contributor on day two of the draft, do you have to part with those picks and all that money you have to get? You have to part with to get with an AJ Brown. Yeah, I no, I I think it's a fair point. I think it's just probably how organizations view the position. I mean, the reality is we've been living in this world for the last few years where teams feel like they don't need to draft wide receivers in the first round. And then all of a sudden you have as many, what did six go last night? Is that what the final six. number was? Six receivers. Six. That, that's crazy. So if you're the Eagles and you did a good job getting Devonta Smith last year, but for the most part, they've drafted a lot of wide receivers that haven't worked out. You're going, well, we know A.J. Brown's pretty damn good at football. Let's just go get him. And they already had another first-round pick last night. So... I understood that move from the Eagles' perspective. I understood it, by the way, from the Titans' perspective, too, because, you know, if they don't think they can pay the guy, then they trade him and they draft his replacement. They immediately turned around and drafted Traylon Burks from Arkansas. So I think, though, to go back to your original question in terms of, like, how some of the stuff affects the Bears, one big observation that I had that I want to talk about this morning is the fact that only one quarterback came off the board because you're now sitting in a position where you have, you're picking in seven picks when this thing starts tonight and a lot of quarterbacks did not go in the first round. So, you know, do we start seeing some teams want to move up for Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter or Sam Howe? or Matt Corral. I mean, that could happen. And it could happen right where the Bears are picking. So that may give you an opportunity to move back at that spot. Now, there's a couple players, John Z, that I don't know that I would trade back for, or trade back if they're still available. One of them would be N'Kobe Dean. I just, I'm shocked he's still there. And to pair him with a fellow Bulldog and Roquan Smith... That, that, I think, would really help the defense. When we did our mock draft, one of the our, our final mock draft, and a, a couple weeks ago I, I charted certain trade scenarios for the Bears, and I had 39 penciled in as a trade-back pick because of the quarterback market. And one team I had in mind was the Falcons yeah. jumping into 39. Because you have to remember who's right behind the Bears. The Seahawks have back-to-back picks. The Seahawks are looking at starting Drew Locke this year after trading yep. Russell Wilson. They are 100% in the quarterback market. So I agree with your point 
there's certain players, maybe based on your board, you don't want to move from at 39. But then maybe the clouds or the tears you have, however Ryan Poles does it, we're still learning about his process. Maybe it spurs some movement. I mean, Ryan Poles, maybe the way maybe the way they set up their board this year is designed for movement because he has said multiple times that he would like to add more picks. So you need some team to reach on a quarterback before 39 to start that next run. I don't know who it's going to be, but we know teams need them. Yeah, back-to-back picks, Seahawks. Then the Colts, who even though they got Matt Ryan, could see them taking a QB or at least seeing other teams worried they might take a QB. And then the Falcons right after that, who have Marcus Mariota right now. So it, it that that is something that fans need to keep in mind tonight. Um, boy, a Mafe, Bears need an edge rusher. I mean, the thing is, a lot of these guys are defensive players, though. That's okay, though. I like a lot of these defensive players. I do, too. Andrew Booth, the corner out of Clemson, still out there. Jalen Petrie, the safety out of Baylor. Kyler, Kyler Gordon. Gordon. Logan Hall. I mean, right there, let me just do a quick count. So I'm going to put Brisker in that, too. Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven defensive players right there. I'm not even counting the offensive players. But I just counted seven defensive players that I think would be a great pick at 39. So this is where you start talking about clouds of players and your willingness to move back because there's no way that those first six picks are going to be defense. Right? Someone's going to move up for a quarterback or someone's going to take one of these offensive linemen. So if I was just like, and, and again, there's probably, all, that's just defense. There's probably some offensive players in there that Ryan Poles can't wait to take at 39. So my guess is, as they're sitting here right now, there's at least 10 players that they like at that spot. And they're only seven picks from being up. The math there just tells you they could move back and still get one of the guys that they really like. If you believe what Ryan Poles has said, that offensive line is deep, that defensive line is deep, that the secondary is deep, that running back is deep. Talk about running backs later if we want. But those top three positions. If he's not lying, then you could assume that he will try to move back and maybe get two of those players in a cloud as opposed to just getting one. Is there a player you think he'd move up for? Move up for? I don't think there is. The only one is Nicobe Dean, in my opinion. But I, I mean, I can't speak for polls in this situation. I just... But I still don't know that I would do it. Because you already have a really good linebacker there in Roquan Smith. So... I don't know that I'd want to give up draft capital. Which receiver would be on the top of your list at number 39? Um, you know what? I think it would actually be John Mechie, who's got some injury concerns. Man, I just look at a player like that who's so proven. But... 
I th- I think he's more of a slam dunk than some of these other guys like Sky Moore coming out of the MAC or Christian Watson coming out of North Dakota State. The Pickens Pickens is interesting because that was a popular answer to your Twitter question. Yes, pre podcast. If you missed it, I did throw out George a Twitter Pickens question. Was the answer? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like Pickens. They want to pick Pickens. Um, it was actually a story in the Athletic. I believe that brought up some of his character concerns. I have some of those quotes to read if you want. Yeah, I do want to hear those. Okay. This is from Bruce Feldman, legendary college writer, uh, now with The Athletic. He asked uh, a couple scouts and a couple wide receiver coaches, which wide receiver is the most boom or bust guy? Three of them said George Pickens. This is scout number two. George Pickens. There's a lot of upside, but he can't get out of his own way. He's been enabled his whole life. Wide receiver coach number three. It's Pickens. You love his game, but there's some issues. Do you want to work with him? He's a top six talent, talent-wise, but it's impossible not to add those old other things. He has the size and has really good range. He positions his body on deep throws. He consistently beats press coverage. Has good start stops with some Allen Iverson crossover in his game. A lot of stuff in Todd Monken's system translates to the NFL, but I wouldn't touch him. Wide receiver coach number five. On tape, he's probably a top five wide receiver, but there's so many red flags, and they're big red flags. He's got a lot of growing up to do. If he goes to the right place with a room full of veterans that help him go the right way, I think he'll have a chance. Wide receiver coach number two had a different answer. North Dakota State's Christian Watson. He's got excellent size and he's a freak athlete testing-wise, but man, I worry about how well he catches the ball. He drops easy catches. Does he have vision problems? He just doesn't look natural trying to catch the football. Yep. The Pickens thing is... uh I read that earlier this week, Johns, and I, and it's not at all that I'm doubting it because when you have that many people come out and say that type of stuff, I just, what are those other things? You know what I mean? Like, it's still a little vague, but it I, just sounds like maybe a commitment to football. I think it was Greg Gabriel, Bears' former front office man. He called around after reading what Bruce Feldman wrote. Okay. And he's still got a lot of friends in the league, and Greg, you know, friend of ours put out a tweet saying it. he confirmed it. Yeah. Teams know about some of those red flags. Uh, well, I'll tell you one of the videos I ended up coming across, which I had seen before, but just as I was watching more film last night, all these Georgia, there's a lot of Georgia guys. Um, he got in a fight with a, let me tell you this. If I, if I were to tell you bears fans that there is an ex Georgia wide receiver, who, who started throwing punches at a cornerback who was covering him a little bit too t- tight. Um, I've covered this story. Continue. Yeah, does this sound familiar? Yeah, so it was the Georgia-Georgia Tech game blowout, by the way. The game is 37-7. Georgia actually scores a touchdown. The pass goes to a different wide receiver on the play. On the opposite side of the field, George Pickens is locked into a battle with uh, whoever the Georgia Tech corner is. And he just loses his mind and starts swinging. 
And it's all on tape. There's absolutely no reason to start throwing punches. And again, you've heard me say this many times on this podcast because unfortunately the Bears keep ending them, getting themselves in these situations themselves. But it just doesn't make sense to throw punches at a guy wearing a helmet. That's just dumb. You're going to break your hand. And you need your hands to catch the football. It's your job. If you're Ryan Poles, don't you want your first pick as GM to be a bit safer? Yeah. I'm not saying don't take take some risks here. I think Ryan Poles will. Even with some red flags, medical, character, all that stuff. I think Ryan Poles will more than Ryan Pace did. Don't at 39, if you stay at 39, don't you want to have a kind of a sure thing? At least a starter? I think he finds a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman at 39. Builds through the trenches. That's my prediction. Well, and by the way, we, you we, you brought up Christian Watson, too. The, here's the thing that bothers me the most about Christian Watson. Because he does... Most of his highlights are him just running straight downfield, beating everybody down there, and catching a bomb from the quarterback that North Dakota State always has. That's pretty good and will probably get drafted eventually. Um, I think some of those catches are from Trey Lance, too, by the way. Yeah. But these were, I was actually watching his season from this year, this past season. Um, he did have seven touchdowns and five inter, uh, five drops, though. Seven touchdowns, five drops this past year. The problem I have is in his career, 14 touchdowns, 16 drops. If you're a wide receiver who's had more drops than touchdowns, to me, that's, that's a red flag. Well, that would speak to... Wide receiver coach to his point where he says he drops easy catches from Feldman's article. Yeah. I well, think you can wait on receiver. I do. I will say the one thing I like about Pickens is he came back and played at the end of the year after his injury. You know, that that shows a little that shows some want to. Fits of, that resilience intangible, yeah. maybe. A lot of guys could have just packed it up and said, I'm going to the NFL. So now he was also playing on Georgia, and they were pretty good and winning a national championship and all that. But um, I think that that counts for something in the positive category. You brought up offensive line. Um, Olin Cruz brought up this point with us last night on our CHGO show, and I I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of logic in two positions, and they're both in the trenches. Okay, and and his point was this, and I totally agree with it. You have a new GM who's an ex-offensive lineman who came in and on that first day, if you were to like do a pie chart of the things he talked about with us, the biggest piece of pie on that pie chart was offensive line, by far. And all these things about what he looks for in offensive linemen, their body mass, not just what their weight is, but how they're built, what kind of weight it is, all this stuff. And then he goes out in free agency and he signs Lucas Patrick. And he lets James Daniels go. And he makes a bid for a different lineman that he loses because he was a restricted free agent. And that's pretty much it. You got to think he has plans to do more. And you got to think that those... Pl- <laughs> he just has to do more. Yeah. You're right? Simply he, he has just, to do more. Just the logic tells you... He needs players. He's taking an offensive lineman tonight. Can, can I bring up a quote? I, I have this in my article today on The Athletic. 
check it out about finding potential day two fits based on what Eberflus and Poles have said in the past. So let me go back to this uh, quote from Poles. I, for, I forget exactly when it was. It might be from his introductory press conference. He was asked about explosive plays and how the Bears get them because they have not had them a lot, at least under Matt Nagy. This is what Ryan Pohl said. I think it starts with the foundation of the offensive line. Let me repeat myself. I think it starts with the foundation of the offensive line and establishing the run game, which then leads to explosive plays. We have to continue to work on that. Get to that level, and I think you will see more points scored and more efficiency, more explosive plays. Everything plays off that. So that's going to be a focal point. Repeat, focal point. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the other, uh, the other one I was going to bring up then was was the three technique too. Yep. Because I think they, I think they ideally were trying to address that in free agency, so that they could concentrate on the offensive line in the draft. But they kind of struck out on both. Now, I am very curious to see if that Larry Ogunjobi door is still open. Because if that could get solved in the next couple months, then maybe you don't need to use a second-round pick on a Logan Hall tonight. But then again, I look at... What's that? Or Perry on Winfrey. I just look at how Logan Hall's built, and I don't know how Matt Eberflus can't look at that guy and be like, poor man's DeForest Buckner, at least, you know, to start. And we, we talked to Matt Bowen about it. Yeah. Matt Eberflus does more, more with this system than Lovey Smith does. He looks for more versatility. He just does. He does more with DeForest Buckner than Lovey Smith did with Tommy Harris. Maybe that's because of the talent of DeForest Buckner, but you know what? Maybe Hall could do similar things. Maybe not to, to that level, but close to it. He's a second rounder. Well, it's finally here, guys. We're going to find out where they go tonight. And I I personally like how this fell last night. With the quarterbacks not going, with a couple first-round picks like Kobe Dean and um, the uh, offensive lineman from uh, Central Michigan, Bernard Raymond. I mean, there, there's some guys there, and there's enough guys there that someone's going to fall. Maybe you can actually do that trade-back scenario that I think a lot of people would be happy with. So, any final thoughts? Actually, no. Oh, man, I thought you had me for a split second. I thought you were going to throw something else in there. I, 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 I honestly think be prepared for them to invest up front. And I think Bears readers, listeners, watchers, should be okay with that. The trenches have not been good for the Bears, especially in offense, for a while. Yeah, and I think this regime is going to significantly invest in them. That was a final thought from Adam Jones. It was there. It happened. It did. It did. It's proof. It's on the record. All right. Well, you enjoy your night at House Hall. Make sure everybody's uh, following you on Twitter and. Um, reading the Athletic tonight because there's gonna be a lot of good coverage coming out of there. We will also. Uh, have Nicholas Moriano up there for CHGO, and we'll be live throughout the draft tonight. Olin Cruz will join us. CHGO draft night special, Bears picks, live reaction, all on YouTube, so check I that out. I want to see a reaction like the Drabisky pick from you. You want to jump on? Whoa. You should jump on with us. Call me. I'll be available. You should jump on. Okay. 
Text we'll, me. You know where I am. We'll figure that out. We'll, we got to make that happen. It's going to be a long night. A lot of talking. I think we're going... We're going pizza too. It's not Lou Mouse. I forget what he said. You going deep or you going uh, tavern stuff? I don't know. I'm not in charge of this. I don't know. Either amount. Yeah, I don't know. I would like some tavern stuff tonight. I'm not feeling deep. So well, you're probably ordering from the wrong place then. So if the bears... No, ta- the tavern stuff on Lou's isn't too bad. It's a little thin. Gotta go Moretti's then. Go for Moretti's too. Yeah. Maybe we should just go to Moretti's tonight. Forget live, everything else. Live show. Just go to Moretti's. Come drink some buckets of beer. Eat some tavern-style pizza. Oh, good job. And then after party at Firehouse. Firewater. Firewater. I always want to call it Firehouse. I don't know why. Firewater. The actual name of the place. All right, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Notifications. We will have reaction to the draft tomorrow morning. Full reaction throughout the weekend. Make sure you're following us. Shirts, hats, the merch, all available on ObviousShirts.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Enjoy the draft tonight. If you're in Vegas, keep rocking that Hogan Johns gear. We appreciate you. Talk to you later. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?